We are in a new arms race. It's centered on the world's oceans, and it has the potential to reshape both geopolitics and globalization. Last week, the news broke that China may have a new naval base in Equatorial Guinea, fronting onto the Atlantic Ocean. Two months earlier, we learned that for the past several months, the United States had been secretly negotiating with Australia and the UK to transfer to Canberra the crown jewels of US military technology, nuclear propulsion for submarines. And the US, Japan, the UK, and several other nations sailed the largest naval exercise since the end of the Cold War in the Western Pacific, the new front line of great power rivalry. In my new book, To Rule the Waves, I explain why this is happening and what's at stake. It starts with globalization. When we hear the word globalization, we think of airplanes and high-tech flows and global finance. But the central reality of contemporary globalization is sea-based trade. Fully 85% of global trade moves by sea. In bulk carriers, in giant ferries known as row ships that move the world's supply of cars from manufacturer to final market, and above all in giant container ships that supply most of the world's consumer goods. In the book, I go to several places where we see this unfold to Chungjung Pelopas on the Malaysian shore, adjacent to the Singapore Strait, which is now the busiest shipping lane in the world, overtaking the Suez Canal, to the Port of New York, where the Coast Guard has developed literally global capacities to secure container freight and protect the United States, and the container terminal on Donghai, 30 miles south of Shanghai, now vastly the largest port in the world, fully six times larger than its nearest American competitor. And along the way, I capture what's truly at stake for the American economy, as both market for and financier of this vast trading enterprise that now encompasses virtually the entire global economy. And not just commercial goods, nearly two thirds of the world's supply of oil and gas is either found at sea or moves by sea to its final market. And data, a whopping 93% of all data in the world, the data that powers our smartphones, Twitter, modern banking, military communications, moves through undersea cables that line the ocean floor. Those huge stakes help explain this new reality that we are in a global naval arms race. China's important dependency is an important reason why, starting in the 90s and gathering steam in the 2000s, it began to invest more heavily in its navy. As China opened the global economy, joining the GATT, later the WTO, and starting to invest in overseas procurement of raw materials and the export of finished goods to Western markets, it began to realize that its economic future was all about sea-based trade. But as China grew, became more dependent on imports and more dependent on the flow of energy into their markets, and that made them more dependent on the security role of the U.S. Navy, a very uncomfortable position. What followed was a deep change in Chinese strategic thinking, from deep inland defense to coastal defense, to defense of the near seas, to an effort to dominate the near seas, and now an effort to project naval power to the far seas, specifically the Indian, the Arctic, and the Pacific Oceans. China has begun to lay down the infrastructure of a civilian and commercial maritime network, one that could be rapidly turned into a global network of bases. The U.S. Navy is struggling to keep up. In the book, I spent some time aboard the USS John Paul Jones, a guided missile destroyer based in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, once again a key part of the defense against an ambitious Asian naval power. And I take the reader inside its Combat Information Center, which serves as the information and targeting hub of a vast array of radar stations, satellites, aircraft, and ships that together make the complex network by which we track and target the Chinese, Russian, and other navies. It's these systems that are key to our ability to continue to project power around the globe from the Southern Ocean 
to the Arctic. All of which should cause us to have a frank conversation about present realities, about the present fact of a global naval arms race and the cost of sustaining and the cost of losing that race, about the deep extent to which the US economy is torqued around the beam of sea-based globalization for good and ill, and about our need to reshape our alliances and our partnerships. We need a new naval and technological alliance that encompasses countries like Australia, Japan, Britain, and increasingly, vitally, India. Once, oceans were the boundaries of our existence and the frontiers of our knowledge. Now, they're the front lines of the new rivalries that will shape the 21st century. To rule the ways shows how the great struggles of our day for military power, for economic dominance, and over our changing climate are playing out on the world's oceans. This has been Bruce Jones of the Brookings Institution. You can find out more about my book on our website. Thank you for listening.